Croissant and welcome to Tales for Wales, the pod that never fails to engage those little synapses in your brain, make Ooh. you laugh, make you think about history and shit. That's as good as I can get, really, on such <laughs> short notice. For the listener, Jack, uh, we just uh, said, Jack, can you do it? So Jack's doing the whole episode today. He's doing the history, he's doing the intro. I'm uh, <laughs> being an absolute backseat bitch. Yeah, and we, we started and he went, oh, I tell you what, why don't we just start recording off the bat? Uh, we'll capture any banter then. Also do the intro. And it was like five, four, three. <laughs> so thanks for that, mate. That's the best you all get for that. I uh, I got, I'm, we're on a lunchtime one, so I'm up against it because i got loads to do in work today. Um, and I'm so fucking, I've, I've done it again. I've had too much salt the night before. Oh, uh, no. You got the old salt hangover. I got the salt hangover. I went to pasture in Cardiff, which is phenomenal. It is just oh, the, beautiful. the best. So, so good. But um, every single slice of steak that I had, I'd get the like the rock salt and I'd pour <laughs> an ungodly amount <laughs> per slice. So every single millimetre of steak was covered in a bit of a <laughs> dirty old rock salt. I can totally imagine with you like telling the waiter just be like oh can you just get me like what is essentially a small bath full of salt and well, what I'll do is I'll just my, dip my steak slices and just fucking she brought like, me, rub them she, against it she brought me like a little fucking uh, bottle caps worth of salt to begin with I was like love that is not going to be enough so <laughs> do I had you to... know who you're talking to <laughs> yeah. So she brought this little fucking dust of salt over, and I was like, no, come on, let's be serious. So then I had to ask another waiter. I was like, hey, mate, I've been fucked over here. Go get me some real, go go to the back, get me the real salt. And then I had yeah. it. But then I woke up today, and I was like, fuck. I woke up, like, like crisping. I was just so dry. Oh, I can just imagine the electrolytes you're lacking in your body at the moment, just been used yeah. up by all the salt. And I'm crazy jet lagged because I just come back from. Good eye, mine. I'm from Australia, and I've just come back from Brisbane. So I'm, uh... <laughs> yeah. for for the listeners, the uh, the adjective I've heard a lot from Franco's text recently: are tired, very, so very tired. tired. I'm getting up at like four every morning. And then uh, a crash about like five in the afternoon. But I just, I'm, I'm, but then I have to stay awake until the evening, and I'm fucking knackered. I went to go see James Acaster on Monday, and I, I, you know, the whole show is about like him used to being really offended by people not paying attention to his show, and that's kind of the premise yeah. of the show. And I fell asleep in the second half because I was absolutely exhausted. <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. It's not so. even that it's a boring show; it's a good show. It's as a good well, show. So it must be yeah. Oh shy. mate, I really loved. It. I was like doing that thing where you're drifting off, and you can kind of know you're drifting. It's going to be bit delirious i was like mm. picturing things that weren't happening i was just fucking and i had like two or three beers <laughs> which didn't help as well yeah just enough to like oh, get me. you imagine like oh yeah when james acaster whipped his fucking cock out that was mad wasn't it? <laughs> just yeah. in the recesses of your subconscious and he went on that racist tirade that was a bit mad wasn't it yeah it's not like his usual style you know very different yeah. from the first half oh, well. i really liked it though but i was a bit uh, just like I've, been, I've done too much like i came back on friday and then i had an all day on saturday which didn't finish till about four in the morning and then i was dead on Oof. sunday monday night james acaster last night was the steak place and i'm just fucking and tomorrow i'm in london for work so i just fucking i'm all over the shop yeah and then i'm in reading on saturday for an all day again when will it stop? Jealous of the all dayers, but yeah, you're, you're not much fit for these things, yeah. <laughs> that sounded like you weren't happy at all as well. Oh, God. Well, fucking jealous of the old dayers, you little rat. Yeah, all right. You don't have to rub it in, living the yeah. high life. Yeah. Uh, can I give you a, little, a quick little anecdote about Brisbane? 
Go actually, it's, it, not, mate, yeah. it's not about Brisbane. It's um, when we were flying back. So the fl- I went to fucking Australia for six days, which is ridiculous. I, w- I would never advise yeah. going to Australia for six days. You just about get the hang, uh, get over the jet lag there, then you come back here. Um, but it's a fun place. It's really nice people, like unbelievably nice people over there. It makes you think, fucking yeah. hell, the UK is miserable. And I think I, I think <laughs> I forgot Such how grumpy. Class, <laughs> yeah, right? but no longer fun grumpy. You know, like we used to be like, oh, that's the, the wry British humour. It's not like. No, fucking just cheer mm. up, you miserable sods. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, one guy who didn't have this uh, bitter attitude was this Scottish guy at Dubai Airport. And like, Dubai Airport? Am I saying Dubai funny? Dubai Airport. Dubai. Yeah, Dubai. Yeah, I think that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> They've said Dubai too much. I got now. you. Yeah, goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. It's not even a word in your head anymore. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's just lost all meaning. Yeah, so we went to Dubai Airport. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Um, and uh, they're really strict there. Like, they have got no. They've got as much tolerance of humour as they do like homosexuals. They have got they've got no time for it at all. And, Which, uh, if you're not clued up on the political dynamics, <laughs> is not very much. No, no. Um, but when I was uh, so I was going through the airport and like you get through the security like normal, all your bag security. And every time I went through security, my bag got stopped, and I was shitting myself every single time because I just thought, yeah. I always have a guilty conscience anyway. But uh, my bag got stopped the entire time. <laughs> the guilty part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then when you go through like the check, you know, you've gone through checkout, then you're at the like, you can just go around the shops and stuff. And then to get to your gate, you've got to go through security again. And they swab everything. So they, they take all like your shoes, your any luggage you got with you, your hands, they swab everything. And there's this great big fat jolly Scotsman next to me. <laughs> when they were swabbing him, they put this thing in the machine. And they went, hey, uh, uh, what does it say, lad? Uh, what does it say? Uh, guilty of eating pan of chocolates, is it? Is it, is it guilty <laughs> of pan of chocolates? Is, is that what it says? Does it? And they go, hey, hey, Ken. And the guy, gets, the guy who's swabbing it didn't say a word back to him. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, hey, hey, so am I free to go for more panel chocolates? No. <laughs> I didn't say a word. And then as he walked past, just not, not even like a no, sir, like a no. planned sort Did, of response, just yeah. nothing. I've got <laughs> no interest. And, and then the Scotsman went to, hey, Sheila, uh, I, I told him the pan of chocolates. I told him about the pan of chocolates. And his wife just looked <laughs> at the floor and just gave him the exact same response. Like, oh, no. <laughs> not just the staff that can't be asked. His yeah. own fucking no one spouse is like, no. <laughs> she was like, Graham, I've fucking heard about your pan of chocolates five times. It's not funny, you fat bastard. <laughs> Does you know anyone mean? care about me pan of chocolates? <laughs> but what a weird thing to say to a dude whose first language probably is in English. It's like such a good... Yeah. <laughs> he's using a bit. I just I was I was howling when it was happening. Like, it made me forget my anxiety about getting fucking frisked. The forgot you security and undeterred this time. Yeah, um, but it was yeah it, that that was it was such a fucking long flight, man. Thirty three hours of travelling in the sky. And then, like, trains from Manchester back to Cardiff and just everything takes... The trains are just so bad I don't know why that's country. such an... That's tickled me the way you described having a flight, <laughs> travelling in the sky. <laughs> to my sky travel, then my gland travel. Yeah. A little bit of water travel. But we, we're, we're going to be reunited soon, aren't we? we got a, a stag yeah. do in two weeks. 
Stag do, stag do. Which is so stag. funny. The the bride, the bride to be, stag do, a hen do, was for like six days in Kefalonia in like this, mm. <laughs> in this fucking it's villa. A really glamorous. And <laughs> the stag's on it is a day in Birmingham. <laughs> One day in Brum. <laughs> All right, mate. Would you like to come here it's for like a stag a, do? Oh, I don't it's blame like you. We're for punishing that. ourselves. We don't deserve any better than this. <laughs> Would you like a nice day out now, mate? I'd rather go to Birmingham. Stop, stop for me, uh, Dad. We did, we did offer the the stag um, a two dayer, but um, <laughs> he went. But Dan, one day enough is one it, day. It, yeah, probably enough. enough for Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. but also Birmingham. two dayer always batters us all these days yeah. anyway, doesn't it? We're always wrecks on the second day, so yeah. want to save the the liver the damage. Yeah, um, I also I uh, yeah just the tight. I'm so fucking. I don't know if it just maybe I got like COVID or something, but I'm just feeling like a bit fucking worn out. And the idea of doing two days in Birmingham just would fucking Tommy Shelby me to death. I think I, yeah, I'd, having to drink what I can yeah. only assume is bitter because I'm assuming yeah. that's always sour. <laughs> All right, mate, um, if you can a lot without you calling round here. We had been doing. Well, are you more. soft? Are you soft drinking <laughs> you soft? All right, you'll have a glass of stout and you'll be happy with it. All right. <laughs> and we've, what we do here in Birmingham is we put a cracked egg in it as well. <laughs> we call that dinner. We have a <laughs> we crack a bit of egg in your pint and you'll take that home for dinner. And your wife will say, "Thomas, where have you been?" And you'll say, "Get in the ass." <laughs> Oh, oh. I can imagine they like their tequila shots. You got to like lick a bit of bisto, like granules <laughs> off fucking. Oh, what's it mean? Do you, yeah. I don't know why I'm slamming the the, the, know, the brums. Sorry, any oh, listeners, Lord. but you yeah. know, I think we got some uh, brummy listeners as well. So welcome aboard, mate. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, do you want to get us? Do you want? Do you have Amazon Watch in ages? You got any updates? No, not really, mate. Um, I've been in pretty much. Constant text contact with you, and I. So the only thing I've done recently is go to the, the old um, uh, Roman fort in Cardleon. Yeah, mad. You're fairly interesting. Yeah, no, she puts a lot of effort into um, our like date nights and stuff. I just end up going oh cinema, want to watch a film, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of for me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but Have you seen are. Barbie yet? No, not yet. I've been. It's. I'm, it's on my to watch list. I wasn't going to bother watching it because it didn't look like my cup of tea. But then, two of you, you and uh, Sean, Sean yeah. of our friends group, have, have been singing its praises. High oh, I found it praise, fucking so. hilarious. I thought it was really fun. I'm going to have to give it a look. Yeah, I'd get involved. It's a fun one to have after a few bevs. It's a. Oh, yeah, and also, we saw then. it in the cinema, and everyone was like, it was packed, and everyone was like dressed up, which would normally annoy me. Like, I don't really like mm. participation, but everyone was like, it was it was just good spirits, and everyone was like really quite drunk and smashed watching it, and like hooting and hollering. I really want to see Oppenheimer as well, but that sounds like it would be the opposite oh, tone yeah. in the cinema for that. It's going to be like the atomic bomb, the destroyer yeah. of worlds, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to, you know, yeah, I don't know, Nicki Minaj's cover of Barbie Girl. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, do you want to get us going with the? Or are we going to update us on uh, Kedion? I've got a no, no. I got nothing really to say. <laughs> not, not to slam it. It was pretty good. Um, it's quite cool to be. You know, me and you. We like being amongst like the old ruins of something yeah. ancient, don't we? And it's quite yeah. cool. You can touch something that's like thousands of years old. I love that. But um, but uh, it's. I don't know. I I'm a big Celt fanboy, and I so I yeah. was really looking forward to getting some Celtic like information about you know what was going on at the time why it was built because i mean i think it was built after the sort of silurian war died down a bit uh 
because they wouldn't have been able to build it in the in the you know the depths of that battle uh, or the the war rather. But um, just a little bit of something about give give our boys give the Silurians their due. Yeah. You know, there was nothing was, really about them in there. Really, it was just more about the Romans, was it? It was more about just like the building of it afterwards and like what the Romans did. There. It 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 was very Admin. much geared more to kids, I think, yeah. and like. Oh, what did they do here? Oh, this is what they did. They used to wash in this bath and then they fucking oh, use this we to scrape. Want I know, it's like, I want battle, I want blood. <laughs> but, um, and there was like, that was in the, the baths bit. And there's two other sites that are nearby, not far to walk to. There's the the um, barracks, which I thought, oh, brilliant. They'll have loads of stuff about like the soldiers and stuff there. And yeah. How they fought the Celts. There was one sort of sign that had a bit of information on it, and that was it. And it was about the shitter there. It was like, oh, the Romans had good shitters for the, the day. And I was like, cool, that's ace. And then the amphitheatre, again, that was really cool to go see, but nothing, no info there, you know? So, yeah, uh, well. yeah it's only five so it's worth, worth a day out, and there's loads of pubs oh. around, so if you want to go for a, a jar after. So where's that, good. for people who might but, not know? Caerleon, um, uh, so just up from Newport. Yeah. Uh, pretty easy to get to if you if you're, like, Cardiff area or whatever, it's just up the motorway. But yeah, I'd give it a go. It's not a glowing endorsement, I know, but if, if all else oh, fails, go to what the, is a, the pub right is, next to it after. What is a glowing endorsement? We haven't done our review for the episode. Yes, I've got one uh, highlighted here. This is one of our latest ones. Nice, short and sweet, but it is lovely. Um, it's from a Beer, Beer, Beer Review. <laughs> <laughs> He's on brand. Say beer more. I like it, yeah. Beer, Beer, Beer Review. And, and he says, or she says, funny, informative, entertaining. Five stars. Nice oh. mix of history, laughs, and anecdotes from two characters. Nice spin <laughs> on an otherwise uncelebrated subject. I enjoyed that she called us characters as yeah. well. That's, yeah, character. made me swoon. <laughs> Your little character. Bloody oh, characters. Cheers. Beer, beer, so beer, thanks, beer, 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 beer. Beer, 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 review. <laughs> <laughs> beer, beer, beer. We get all yeah. the best names, actually. We do. We've got such good names coming through. Beer, 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 review, and Buff Daddy. Buff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get tired of Buff Daddy. On um, uh, Pringle, what was it like Pringle? Shangle oh, Pringle, like Pringle ass or something. Oh, I think like it's that. just Pringle Tube actually. <laughs> Pringle ass, yeah. Pringle gar. Big old yeah. Pringle ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Dielkenvad uh, beer, beer, beer. This episode's a little bit different, isn't it? I mean, we we, we always say yeah, that, so I think at the moment. Up. Yeah, we're, we're we're innovating as we go. Oh, is this the first episode, episode of series four as well? Ooh, it might be. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're I mean, sort of a couple of weeks behind, don't we? Because we, yeah. for once, we've actually um, been quite productive, and we're a few weeks ahead of our actual yeah. release schedule. <laughs> instead of scrambling so, around like a day before we need to get it oh, out, instead of just chucking some really easy shit in there, like we're going to do a quiz and we're going to do this because <laughs> we haven't got anything to fill the airways with. <laughs> yeah, we remember that we got to do this a night before. No, that's not true. Just we've been mad <laughs> yeah. busy. Like I've been everywhere at the moment, so you know. Mm. We, this is for fucking free anyways back off if you okay? want if you want sort of routine um, episodes coming out in time without stressing us out make the pod as popular as possible so we don't have to yeah. work anymore and then that just makes the whole thing easier for us you know you guys fund oh, our dream That'd yeah if you fund us <laughs> yeah but we, we know that funding will go directly to Captain Morgans and Carlin <laughs> we'd last about oh, a day yeah, we'd be we'd be alcoholics for a month but then you can <laughs> what a month it'd be and you can just watch our descent <laughs> What a month. All right. Um, so do you want to explain what this one's going to be about? Yeah. So as Franco said, today we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, this is still Welsh history. It still very much counts within that. But it's probably, we're covering the most recent events we've ever covered, I think, in this one. 
we normally, you know, around medieval times, gone back as far as the Celts, and uh, I think up until this point, maybe the Merthyr Rising is probably the, yeah, probably. the most recent thing we've covered. Yeah. But, uh, you know, true crime, it's a big market these days, so we've decided to, to tap into that for one episode. Uh, and I'm going to be chatting about the Saturday Night Strangler, Wales' oh. first ever serial They killer. always have to undermine the tragedy by giving them like stupid names like that. I know, that. giving these stupid names. And the, yeah. yeah, it's I know it, it's fine when it's in a movie, but like yeah. when it's actual real life. <laughs> the Friday Night Felcher. It's all just like, oh, just give <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why don't you just call them like murderers or something? That's the one thing I do struggle yeah. with true crime. I always feel it trivializes and makes it out. I mean, this is going to be uh, hypocritical, but I think you're kind of bringing your, maybe not monetizing, but you're definitely, when you're like, you know, big serial podcasts or like uh, murder mm. things, there is still a person at the end of it. You know, there's a family at the yeah. end of it. And, you know, like, I think this is different. What we're doing is going to be slightly different, but you know, like making a murderer where they make it like, oh, yeah, who did yeah. it? Who's this? And they kind of like, they, they'll throw you red herrings and stuff and they're making like enjoyment or entertainment at least out of someone who's been murdered. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's, it's monetizing sort of something yeah. very serious and horrible that happened, isn't it? And you know that when this was going on at the time and they went, you know, there's some guy in an editor's room somewhere going, what do we, oh, you know, we can't just say murderer. What can we go? Ooh, Saturday Night Strangler. That's like, yeah. ooh, that's got a bit of, you know, thing yeah. to it. Intrigue. And that's just to sell papers, isn't it? You know, yeah. and get people watching the news. Um, but what's going to be so different is like, I, I, I think because this one here, we know, you know, it's it's not like we're we're gonna leave you on the edge of the episode and then go find, join us next week to like find out who the murderer is because I find that yeah. stuff really like grim. It's like there. Uh, it reminds me of when I was in America. I was going through. I was listening to like a like proper hillbilly FM like uh, church mm. vibe ra- radio stuff, and um, it was mm. you know like a like a, a pastor speaking on the on the on the radio calling like, oh yeah um, like an the, evangelical type yeah thing. yeah and it would say like I have these three things and if you follow these things redemption is saved you shall be reborn again under Christ with all you need is these three things and it said like the first one it said like it said one t- like. Oh, I can't remember what it was like, you know, forgive thy neighbor uh, to his her. Uh, yeah. Conduct this, uh, blah, blah, blah. And it said, for the third one, we'll tell you next week. <laughs> it's like, oh, if you believe such... in like like doomsday oh. or like God could come at any moment and you're withholding this one piece of information so they can come listen to your show next week, it just felt like, oh, you absolute <laughs> cock. <laughs> You know, Jesus Christ famously would give his sermons in the form of a subscription service as well, you know? In, <laughs> yeah. Like, on the next episode, oh, you've got to pay me a fucking yeah. couple of shekels. Oh, you, want just... me, you want to find out how to get into heaven? What's it worth to you, mate? Yeah. But do, do you know what I mean about those, like, serial stuff where they're, like, they'll do, like, a making a murderer where they yeah. are literally making... It's like, they'll even throw someone under the bus who's got nothing to do with it because it makes their episode feel a bit more... Mm. You know, it gives a red Have you seen um, the latest series of Black Mirror? No, there's a good, um, there's a good episode of Matt that sort of is commenting on on that kind of thing, and it's ironic oh, yeah. that it's on Netflix as well. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. but it is, I thought it was quite good. It's the best episode of this, the newest series. Mm. But uh, yeah, give that a look if you want that. If you if you, if you want to go, yeah. If you do like making a murderer, there's a really fun one uh, about a guy who keeps drawing dicks all over his school in America. That's um, amazing. Yeah, that's class. what's it called? Um, uh, American. Vandal. Something is it? 
Yeah, American Vandal. It's so sure funny. It it's really, really funny. It's like um, so they they are these two little dweebs who go around filming who who make a it's a mockumentary based on making a murderer, but around uh, people this this guy who's or this guy or girl who's been drawing dicks all over the place, and it completely parodies the making a murderer. But they stuff. use like the almost exact same like tropes and like editing techniques mm. and stuff like that, don't they? And it it just works so well, and it's hilarious because it's about something so fucking trivial. <laughs> yeah. Right, sorry for interjecting. There. Anyway, no worries, a little detraction there. But um, yeah, so uh, we're going to be talking about Saturday Night Strangler, as as we've mentioned. Um, and for this, you're going to have to cast your minds back to 1973. Like I said, fairly recent for compared to the other stuff we've covered. So cast your mind back to then, with when disco was big, was it? Was that when disco was big? <laughs> Lots of mustaches and mad hairstyles, flares. You know, you get the idea. Um. And on Saturday, the 14th of July, 16-year-old girl, Sandra Newton, went missing after a night out in Britain Ferry, which is a town near Port Talbot, for those who don't know. Uh, police searched for Sandra and ended up finding her body three days later, eventually finding evidence that she'd been raped and strangled to death with her own skirt. So, yeah, this is going to be a little bit heavy at points, just to forewarn you, because there's going to be a few things. You know, we like to jovialise everything and get a bit... Uh, we go on our riffs. Some points are just going to be too horrible for us yeah. to do that. So yeah, maybe we'll put yeah, a warning you know, at the start of this episode or something. Yeah, it's, so. it doesn't get too grim and ghastly, but you know, there's just some things that we're not going to be able to make a stupid joke about afterwards. Yeah. So yeah, bear with us. Um, so uh, the body was found uh, at a ditch near a coal mine, a place the police reckoned only someone local would know about. The police were investigating Sandra's murder when two months later, Geraldine Hughes and Pauline Floyd, both 16 as well, were also found dead in Landarcy Woods, which is about seven miles away from where Sandra was found. Again, they'd both been raped and strangled. So these two murders uh, weren't linked to the Sandra Newton's murder two months prior. And now it seems mad that they wouldn't be because, you know, there's a lot of uh, yeah things they have in common. It seems, uh, you know, anyone who watches kind of murdery things or detective-y stuff would be thinking why aren't they being linked because they're obviously the same method of murder and what and rape and whatnot but i was reading up why they weren't linked and basically because of how things were done back then it's all on paper no, there's no like sort of cross-referencing system oh. or no f- sort of efficient one anyway so there'd just be shitloads of notes on different people's desks pieces of paper being passed here there and everywhere between different offices and things like that some bits go missing they get lost or they're just not followed up on. Um, you know, it's not like in a computer system these days where you would be interlinked with different precincts and things like that from yeah. different counties and you'd be all be sharing information. So basically just very messy and contact between different precincts was pretty much like, it was very laborious and difficult. So for some reason, yeah, these didn't get linked together as, as potentially being the same killer. There was also the fact that there was already someone in the frame for Sandra Newton's murder, and that was her boyfriend at the time. So this apparently gave the police a bit of tunnel vision, so they were sort of trying to get the evidence they were finding to bend to their conclusion rather than the other way around. So because they'd sort of uh, got this boyfriend in the picture for her murder, and they didn't reckon he could do the other two murders, it they, they, saw, they were thinking that they were near solving the first one as it was yeah yeah and it was just you know they, it was a kind of a botch job in a, in a way um but anyway this led to both incidents being treated and investigated separately so spreading the manpower of the case cases even thinner 
Police soon established that Geraldine and Pauline had been seen getting a lift from someone driving a white Austin 1100 on the night they disappeared. The eyewitness also gave the police a vague description of the driver. With the Port Talbot Steelworks employing 13,000 men at the time, as well as the construction of the M4 motorway bringing workers in from all over, this gave the police an enormous pool of people to investigate. A team of 150 officers questioned 35,000 people who loosely fitted the description of the man seen picking them up. But the description was very typical of a man at that time. Just bushy hair, moustache, in his mid-30s, so it's not exactly specific. Uh, detectives also tried to trace anyone who owned an Austin 1100 in the area, sorry, a white Austin 1100 in the area, uh, to the um, which led to the question of more than 10,000 drivers. So already this is like an enormous yeah. investigation. And as you, as I mentioned earlier, with all those bits of paper as your reports, how do you keep track of everything? And it's the 70s, I mean? it's, it's, so everyone's going to be boozing 70s. on the job. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Lunching at the pub, yeah. coming back half cut, etc. <laughs> Also, something I didn't even know about, um, but apparently at this time, um, the government was enforcing a three-day work week because yeah. of an energy shortage. Yeah. Have you ever heard about that? I'd never heard yeah, about Yeah, yeah. So it was like, yeah, it, it was to do with, yeah, so they called it a three-day week. Um, what you yes, just said it, then. Yeah. yeah, people. So it was to do with striking. It was to do with miners, and it was to do coal, with energy. Coal yeah. shortages and some things yeah. like that, wasn't it? Yeah, I read yeah. a little bit into it, but... Yeah, but yeah, so How that could that be though? Reduce... I know, I'd love it. A, ma- a government mandated three day work. Do you get paid though for your extra two, uh, the two days? I don't anything? think so. I don't know, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think the idea was you didn't use energy going to work and stuff, so you had to like things were closed. Oh, I don't know, but yeah, give me a three day work week, you know, I'm up for that anyway. So, they, um, yeah, this three day work week at the time that led to reduce man hours being put into the investigations as well. So, as part of the of this massive effort to find the killer. One of the men investigated was Joseph Cappen, who himself owned a white Austin 1100. When the police turned up his house, the car was up on blocks without its wheels, with Cappen claiming he couldn't have picked the girls up that night because his car was out of commission. His wife backed up his claims that they were both at the Neath Fair that night and Cappen was struck off the list of suspects. The investigation went on and on, and with little progress, the police actually got so desperate that they hired a Dutch psychic, Gerard Crousset, <laughs> to assist. That's now that so sounds like something made up, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, it's so stupid. So Crosset had gathered some international popularity after working on some high-profile cases around the world. He worked um, in Aust- uh, Australia and also um, uh, at home in the Netherlands as well. Um, but what I thought was mad, because I looked up, I didn't look loads into this, so I didn't go sort of very far down the rabbit hole, but I couldn't find an instance that his sort of contribution to a case where he'd been brought in by the police had ever led to any like successes like any extra evidence or like some positive information about a case and i just thought how do you get to the point that police are asking you for your help when you've never produced any results like just failing upwards like who greenlit the idea from the police like imagine they said should we get the psychic and that's mad oh no but he's got like a hundred percent you know case resolution record or something like that and they went oh does he have one no he's literally never helped (laughs) A but also, in his how life. do you find that? Because it's not like you're going to Google it. Like it's not. I th- he'd done a, a few high-profile things that ended up on like the news across, oh. like all over the world. Charlatan. So, uh, Charlatan. yeah, just an absolute um, grifter, basically. Yeah. And yeah, you know, funnily enough, uh, this psychic was full of shit, and it le- <laughs> that led to nothing Whoa. as well. Yeah, I can't believe it. But yeah, just mad to me that you'd even be brought in. 
But anyway, after no new leads uh, turning up, the investigation was put on the back burner, and it was scaled down in the mid nineteen. Uh, sorry, and it was scaled down in mid nineteen seventy four. So it remained a cold case then, until the early two thousands, when DNA testing was first starting to be used. A push to reinvestigate the murders was made and called Operation Magnum. Which is very American sounding, I thought. Yeah. Oh, well, but, um, well, I was just thinking of the ice cream, but I suppose uh, oh, <laughs> it's probably yeah. more like more American thinking of the gun. <laughs> I'm thinking the gun. Yeah, that's yeah, what came to mind. Yeah. I was thinking a delicious chocolate treat. Delicious, delicious <laughs> magnums. I have to think the commissioner in charge of like putting these operations a big fat fuck. It's like what you call it, Operation Magnum. Actually, go get me a Magnum. Now. Operation Maxi Bonds. Um, they're quite hard to get in this country, actually. So. Uh, Operation Fab. Fucking yeah. love Fab. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, there was um, there was speculation at the time actually that uh, Fred West was involved somehow, yeah. but this was very quickly ruled out when looking at the DNA evidence, but it was like more, as we mentioned, it's sensationalist shit to sell yeah. papers and whatnot. So 35,000 people were originally targeted for DNA testing, but they managed to reduce that number to 500 with the help of a psychological profiler. This also brought the funding down considerably as DNA testing was like the new toy at the yeah. time and it used to cost a bomb back then. So uh, obviously the the little bean counters in the police were, were yeah. keen on that as well. The idea that the three victims were now linked was looked at again, and a lot of people they'd already investigated in the 70s were asked to produce DNA samples, including Sandra's boyfriend from then, and relatives and friends of the, all three victims. So they tested the DNA on the three girls' bodies, uh, not to <laughs> to be, what's the word, uh, indelicate, the the jizz <laughs> that was on the, uh, the girls. Um, they found that Sandra's boyfriend DNA was on her, on her body. How does, but it was how, also DNA. How does Jizz stay mm. active for? It can years? be like if it's on clothes as well. I don't know, or they might oh, have yeah. taken. I don't know if they would they have taken samples at the time at and the then time, like frozen. I, I have I no know. idea how it would work. But anyway, they they tested the semen found on all the girls' bodies, um, and they found um, that some semen on Sandra's body matched her boyfriend at the time's DNA but he'd already claimed way back when this was happening that they'd had sex that night before they parted ways yeah of course there was no way to determine if he was lying or or telling the truth back then but with the DNA uh, technology they had at this point they determined that there was two DNA samples on Sandra's body it was the boyfriend's and an unknown individual's and the unknown individual's DNA matched the same DNA samples that were found on the other two girls' bodies. For the first time since um, the original incident, the boyfriend was cleared, like was was proved innocent. Um, and not that he was ever charged to begin with, but I imagine in a small town yeah. like that, there was yeah, you always heard with a bit of a brush. Yeah, you? tried in the court court of public opinion type thing. Yeah. You know, I can imagine lots of people knowing him or referring to him as like the the guy who killed that yeah. that Sandra. But anyway, he was he was sort of uh, proved innocent by this this new discovery. So, among these people being looked into again was Cappen. But once they arrived at his house to grab a DNA sample, they discovered he died of lung cancer in 1990, uh, survived by his wife who still lived in the house. The DNA they found on all three victims didn't match anyone in the newly created DNA database. But that wasn't uncommon at the time because it was brand new and yeah. it wasn't you know it wasn't full. 
Um, but some clever Trevor in the police force decided to instead search the database for anyone that had a partial match to the killer's DNA. So it would indicate any children or relatives of the killer if they had like a certain percentage match. Um, they could use this then to work backwards through the family tree and close in on their mystery murderer. Well, what at the time was their mystery murderer. Using this method, they found a match to a guy named Paul Cappen, son of Joseph Cappen, who was already on the database for car theft, but he'd only have been seven years old at the time of the murder, so it obviously couldn't have been him. Uh, Joseph Cappen, deceased at this point, was now their prime suspect because this uh, Paul Cappen had like a 50% match to the DNA that was on the girls. So they knew it was a relation of this Paul Cappen, so Joseph Cappen was very much in the in yeah. crosshairs at this point. While it looked as though Cappen was the killer, for the sake of confirmation for the families, the investigators wanted to get an actual DNA sample from Cappen to get that 100% certainty. So this led them to apply to the Home Secretary at the time, David Blunkett, for permission to exhume Cappen's body and take a DNA sample. Despite the overwhelming evidence, Cappen's surviving family consistently denied that he could be involved in the murders, but did agree to the exhumation, thinking that DNA, the DNA sample would prove his innocence. So, while this was unlikely, there was actually a small chance that he wouldn't match the killer's DNA, yeah. which would have been a huge reputational blow to the police as well, not to mention like wasting time and money and yeah. whatnot. But the detectives got permission to dig up Cappen's body, and apparently on the night of the exhumation, there was a thunderstorm in Port Talbot, and thunder was said to have boomed when the f they first broke the burial ground. Locals <laughs> suggested that, that they'd, quote, unearthed evil. Oh. Oh, yeah, exactly. That, I, Ooh, that sounds bollocks. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a load of shit. <laughs> that is definitely something the papers went, oh, yeah. I've got to write that, you got to put that yeah. in. Lightning Rubbish. strikes, murder found. And a ghost rose from the graves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the um, so it was no such luck for Cappen's family because they got his DNA and it was a hundred percent match to the killer's Ooh. DNA that was on the girls. Bastard, proving beyond a doubt that he'd been the one that had raped and murdered those girls, uh, and finally given the families of the victims some sort of closure. Sandra's mother was quoted as saying, "Now we can close the book on that hell forever." So even though that's not uh, an ideal result. I imagine it was kind of a this unfinished thing in the fact yeah. you know with the families of the victims you just don't have that closure so at least they had that I guess yeah um, it was later found out that police had stopped Cappen's car at a random stop and check not long after the murders invalidating his claims that the car had been off the road oh. on blocks since before the murders took place this report never made it to the detectives in charge or, or of the investigation. Uh, all was overlooked or lost in the mountains of paperwork that was spread over several offices. So that piece of paper could could have led yeah. to this whole thing being solved. At it does the time. sound being a police officer. Well, that's, you know, most, I'm yeah. not a huge advocate for or a big defender of the police, but imagine, imagine being fucking so difficult to uh, to do your job in the 70s when you've got just like paper, just reams of paper everywhere, yeah. and you think, where was that? Oh, I'm sure I saw that report. Where was it? Oh, it's yeah. in a stack of like I don't know, as high as your fucking desk. Go and have a look for one sheet in there that's the right thing you want. Yeah. I mean, they no should have overhauled it. Someone should have said, guys, this isn't working. Let's let's change it. But if oh, hundred percent, there should have been somewhere there saying, how can we possibly run operation like this? Yeah. But you know, a piece of paper falls off your desk, and that's like essentially lost forever. Then yeah. In this case, that's exactly what happened, is that that piece of paper could have solved the whole thing and the guy could have come to justice and everything, but yeah, because of the way it was all done back then. Yeah, a bit of a cock-up. 
Um, so after the, the findings were made public, Kappen's former wife, Christine Powell, who had previously insisted Kappen was innocent, came forward and admitted that she was forced to lie to the police, often for her husband, uh, and was actually a victim of Kappen's abuse throughout their marriage as well. Oh. So he was like always on and off with the law, but he, yeah. she was forced to like lie for him constantly. Um, Christine actually testified that Kappen was physically abusive towards her and would rape her every two weeks. And at one point, even strangled the family dog in front of their son because Jesus. it was too old. So a huge piece Fuck of shit, hell. basically. Yeah, just like a massive, like a psychopath, I, I assume. Because yeah. how could you, you couldn't do that shit if you weren't sort of, I don't know, wired wrong in the head, I guess. But yeah, real big piece of shit. Um, so the case, although I said, as I mentioned, it was a bit of a botch job with like losing that bit of paper and whatever. Um it was. It did have quite a bit of historical significance. So it was the world's first case to use uh, DNA in that way to identify like the f- familial connections of a killer and kind of work backwards. That's uh, clever. And that's also, a, that's a clever yeah, way. that is something that I just wouldn't. I mean, obviously, I'm not a fucking yeah. biologist or anything, but or like a scientist in any respect. But uh, I just never would have even thought of that. Um, and it was also the first UK case to exhume a body to prove. A deceased, sorry, to prove a deceased suspect was guilty. Um, and if you if you like the or piqued your interest with this one, uh, give Steel Town Murders on BBC a watch because uh, that's like a dramatized version of this, and that is pretty good. It's another one of those like uh, what do we call it, Celtic noir type? Oh yeah, type shows. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, give that a look. That that's a bit more dramatized, and I think they take a few liberties with the details, but it covers all the main bits and it's very well acted and everyone in it is very competent. It's not like the typical, you know, bumbling Welsh characters in it. It's pretty well done. But yeah, there we have it. That's the grim story of uh, Joseph Kappen, the Saturday Night Strangler. I was going to trivialise it by saying, did he also come from a family who invented Knappan? But, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, I can't tell you how hard it was to not say Knappan every time I saw his stupid name. Yeah, I just googled him and he looks like every seventies person as well. So like, I mean, I mean, look, my dad looked like that in the seventies. So it's if you're trying to find a man who looks like that in that Steel Town Murders, where they're like, oh, we got an artist sketch, and they're like, fucking brilliant. It looks like everybody, like <laughs> yeah. every single man at this time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it is interesting. Give that uh, if you guys are interested. In it, give that Steel House. There's two actually things you can watch: a Steel House uh, Murders, the um, dramatized thing on BBC, and there's also another thing on BBC that's like uh, from a while a while back that's an actual documentary. Oh yeah. And that's got the actual detectives that were uh, part of the um, investigation, and everything, because it was the same lead detective. Um, it, well, it wasn't lead detective at the time in the 70s. He was like up and coming, if you like, but he worked on the case in the 70s and then he was the sort of lead detective when they reignited the oh, investigation cool. in the 2000s. So like he was, yeah. uh, whether this is true or not, in the, certainly in the, the dramatised version, they make it like a bone of contention that, you know, it was like an unfinished business for him and he couldn't, uh, you know, it was always bugged him that he didn't solve the case. Yeah. But yes, yeah, it's, it's worth, worth a watch. It's good. Oh, I was going to say I enjoyed that, but I didn't enjoy that. It was sad, but it was a good episode. It was a, and yeah, like you said, it's a bit of a new new angle for the pod. Because um, I think we are, we're just going to do everything Welsh related, aren't we? That we're not going to be shackled yeah, to yeah, a certain era in history. I think when we, we we've, we've come a long way in terms of what our brief is from the start of this, haven't we? Because when we yeah. first started, I remember we were just doing what we the idea anyway was to just do Welsh battles. Yeah, and then and then. We, 
we moved on and just covering sort of historical topics and and yeah, yeah. I think because I asked you before this and I was like, do you think the seventies is a bit too recent? But it is history. It yeah, counts, no, definitely. It? And I think um, we've had quite a few people suggest things to us on on social media. So at Tales for Wales on uh, Twitter and is it what's it on? I always forget it on Instagram. It's Tales for Wales podcast is it on? Yeah, I think Instagram? so. Uh, but we've had people message on there. Yeah, Tales Number Four Wales podcast. Um, we've had a bunch of people suggest things on there, which have been more recent times as well. So I think yeah, mm. if there's anything, even if if you know if it's if it happened yesterday and it's in in Wales, it's history, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we can stretch it to just do the knowing me, knowing you episodes where we yeah. just talk about ourselves, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If anything's on the table, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's really good. I like that, mate. Should we, uh, should we say our goodbyes? We'll, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, deal, come grand. thanks for listening, everyone. Um, and yeah, give, keep giving us the five stars and reviews and stuff. We'll read them out. Ta, 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 ta